Hello and welcome to Season 4. It's a podcast that seeks to encourage and inspire you on your journey. So today's guest is with David Vincent and he is a fascinating person who I've known for a number of years and his main work that he's involved with is with his charity focused at creating strategic prayer movements in and around the capital of England, in London. And with that, um, his journey of where he's come from, where he's going, and what then that looks like in spiritual behaviours on a day-to-day basis is something that you're going to find very fascinating. And um, so look, let's get into the devotion and then take it from there. Actions speak louder. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 40 to 42, it reads, If anyone is determined to sue you for your coat, give him the shirt off your back as a gift in return. And should people in authority take advantage of you, do more than what they demand. Learn to generously share what you have with those who ask for help and don't close your heart to the one who comes to borrow from you. I've recently been on a course covering mental health. It has been amazing. On the last session, the trainer said something that made me sit up. Startled, I did my homework. Using word counts, I checked out how many times a certain word appeared approximately in the Bible. Belief was 175 times. Faith was 240 times. Sin was 415. Love was 530. Take, 1,300. But the word that stood out was the word give, and that was 1,750. That is more than belief, faith and sin, and love combined. Call me basic, but there's something in this, irrespective to the context of the usage of how the word is used, the action of giving is dominant. Godly giving comes from a place of generosity and peace. The Lord's Prayer asks that he gives us what we need. The very act of graciously sharing, giving, is something that our Father is into. But God loves a cheerful giver too. Giving is a gift. Giving can be an item, time, words, actions. Giving is me giving up what's mine to share with another. Godly giving stems from a place that seeks the best of the other, giving life into places that need it. As you journey through your days, ask God to bless all your gifts of giving. And as you do, watch how this brings heaven into your world. Amen. Okay, we are now with our next guest, 
and it is with a great privilege to be with a friend of mine called David Vincent, who I I met I met you probably about three years ago, I think it was, when uh, I think we were at a conference. I, we say a conference. It was a workshop uh, with Nat and Tim Dunnett. And it was talking yeah. about uh, Ecclesia. What does it look like? We're in, we're up in a, where were we? Was it in East London? We ended up at the uh, library, British Library, I think. We did. And we had a nice, nice, nice coffee on the terrace there. We did. <laughs> don't tell everyone that. That's that's a, that's my secret place to go if you don't want to you want to get out of London. <laughs> I've actually now told everybody that. Yeah, if you want to get out of uh, London but still be in London, uh, the the British Library has a lovely um, cafe, uh, and I also remember you gave me a, a gift, which um, which was this. Very, what what is that thing? And basically, you move it around, kids' toy thing with a great big um, marble at it. Oh, anyway. It was amazing. My family love it. And uh, I think when we got chatting, it was very much one of those things of, yeah, we, there's something, there's a friendship there that goes beyond rather than just a nice cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. So, David, how have you been? Um, what has lockdown done to you? And what do you do? Why do you tell the world about you? Uh, and let's go from there. Um. So I, I I will struggle with that slightly because I have lots of very different hats that I wear uh, that I right. I constantly taking one on and off. But I suppose the underlying theme in a lot of what I do uh, is to do with prayer. Yeah. So I I lead uh, a, a charity called London Prayer, which really is looking to raise effective prayer in and for the city of London. Hmm. Um, and that's through um, lots of different ways, through thinking strategic uh, um, the, about the city and trying mm. to join people and pro networks uh, together. Mm. Um, it also uh, it's about about praying and hearing what I feel God is saying uh, for the city. Mm. Um, so, uh, so that's one of the aspects. Um, then involved in. Um, uh, a community house in North London, um, which is part of the Anglican Church, and uh, uh, it's been reshaped at this point in time. But um, looking forward to uh, restarting in in September with an incredible team, um, some of whom are going to be uh, living in. Um, so we've got this mixed house uh, where we're going to be developing prayer and worship, um, and we've also invited. Um, um, people who are uh, ex-offenders coming out of uh, um, their time uh, in prison to come and live with us, to come and do life and community with us. Um, mm. And also then looking about how we can disciple each other, train each other in terms of church planting. So wow. um, I like to do stuff to do with prayer, but it's, it's prayer for transformation and change because Hmm. look at the cities and where we are um uh i want to see more of god's kingdom uh visibly on earth as it is in heaven and so so hmm. is how do we do that how do we effectively do that and that's that's 
working with each other, but also working with the leading of the spirit to be more effective in doing that. So it's, I think it's very interesting because prayer traditionally is the, 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 the one part of the Christian walk, which is the most misunderstood, most neglected. Uh, and, you know, people struggle with praying. Uh, some people do. Uh, you got those who pray long prayers or pre-written prayers or talk a funny language. Um, what I mean by that is they sometimes speak in tongues. And it's, it's one of those things where um, I've never had a problem with praying. Uh, I've come from a, a background, a heritage where praying for four hours when I was when I was younger was in, in a, you know half night prayer and so on and so forth. That was a very normal, common practice that we used to do. But what was it for you with your run up towards setting up the charity? What shifted from because you might be in a natural prayer and you just couldn't help and that was that was your lane. But there must have been a moment when you go, no, this is not just something for me, but this is bigger and broader and more from what when it becomes, I suppose, transformational, becomes a tool of transformation. What was those moments look like? I probably was always in the prayer lane, as it were. Um, but I think for me looking at London, it was actually a sense that there was a lot of prayer happening yeah you talk to christians you talk to churches and groups and there's lots going on but a lot of it was so um isolated from what other people were doing mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and so it was like well if we're going to um have an impact upon a city we need to think at the level of the city and we have lots of people who are praying and but are thinking of the level of the street um and so how do we join some of that thinking together to start to look at the some of the wider patterns and needs and uh and to a degree of coordination um so we can be more effective in praying for the city as a whole because um, there's, there's an aspect i think is quite interesting with um there's a shift in the scripture from where you see Jesus uh, as ministry um, very much dealing with uh, what he encounters as an individual uh, in the face to face. You know, he, he comes across a situation and he prays and he sees God move into that situation. Um, and then you get the writings of Paul where he's talking far more in this other language of of spiritual powers and thrones and uh and our position in the heavenlies and, the, and there's a shift that takes place from William Jesus's ministry to some of what Paul hints at as the ministry of the church mm. uh, and I think a key pivot point for that is is that you know what we call um you know Jesus's uh, great commission to the to the uh, disciples mm. um and and he comes to this point of all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me therefore go and make disciples of all nations and so there's a shift there that becomes uh, a discipleship which isn't just about individuals but it's about nations and obviously it's smaller than that it's it's cities mm. uh, and i think there's a shift 
because of what he does at, uh, in the cross and, and the inheritance that we have of who we are in Christ in terms of the authority that we have. Mm. Um, we, we shift from a, uh, um, a model of authority, which is based upon you know, Genesis uh, 2 and 3 of, mm. of being given the earth and to rule over it, to actually being in Christ, who is the one who is above all, uh, who's seated in the heavens and we are seated with him and we have been uh, able to ex exercise authority in that uh, realm uh, which deals with things at a wider level which gives us a ability to deal with things holistically in a city as opposed to just dealing with what we face person by person in our particular street. I love that, I love that. I, um, I, as you were talking about this and reflecting upon prayer and I'm reflecting on the family prayer that 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 Jesus shared upon us, you know, says, "Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done mm. on earth as in heaven." And then the next thing he says is, "Give us our daily bread." Now, we'll see, I I read that as it's not bread; it's the things that we need. So, out of a place of um, intimate relationship, inviting God to for to. Uh, inviting his ways to be part of um, our ways or more importantly our ways to be his ways as a consequence of that generosity and meeting people's needs starts to come out of this which isn't which is by no means a surprise why you start to st start thinking about well what are the needs and, and you you look beyond the streets but you also look into boroughs and you look into spaces and sometimes it's, it's quite specific yeah i think i think i'll go back even further um i i you pick up that um you know the aspects of the lord's prayer it's yeah it's the family language as you say of fatherhood yeah um but it's also the family language in of of inheritance um because because it isn't just a relational word in terms of yes i am his i'm you know his child he is my father um i mean we could pick up the fact that the word before that is our so it's not an individual thing it's always a corporate thing brilliant um, absolutely uh, and but if i you know as as uh, paul says uh, in galatians if if we if we're children um then we are also heirs um, and so the whole point of being uh, one of the aspects of him being our father is that we are sons. And if we are sons, therefore we are heirs and therefore we have the rights of inheritance. And so therefore we have the rights to draw upon the things that Jesus has for us and the fullness of our inheritance in Christ is what we can pull upon. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there then means that we start off in prayer secure in our relationship because we know we have a father who loves to give us good things. Yeah. That's how he describes himself. Uh, he says, you know, even you, you sort of, you earthly men, you know how to give, give good gifts. Well, well, what about your heavenly father? So, so there's an expectation of receiving from the generosity of the father, which is uh, revealed in that. But there's also the aspect is of the resourcing, because I think that sometimes is the question is like, will God and can God? Um, and, 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 and the will God, um, well, that's the expression of his generous father heart, but the can God is also the 
the understanding of the richness of the inheritance that we have in Christ, that all things pertaining to life and godliness are in him and have been given to us. Um, and so, so when we look at somebody who is needing uh, healing, it's that's part of our inheritance. Uh, yeah. And I've got the resources to hand. And that's where prayer is, is as I would describe it, as the connecting point. Um, so, you know, just as, you know, it's, it's harder these days with, with mobile phones, but if you think back to the old landlines, it, it's that physical connection between where you are and what you're you what you're talking or who you, you're talking with and so so prayer is that physical connection point in earth for all the resources all the fullness of all that god has given to us in christ that we we use or utilize express um because of our relationship uh with father mm, i love that i love that and and so out of that place of of, of uh, uh, inheritance, out of that heirship, out of that being part of the royal household, where essentially, uh, when when the prodigal son and, and the the elder brother um, was told by the by the father, um, look, everything was there. You could have anything you want, and then positioning and repositioning ourselves to a point of okay, God. The wealth of your of, of your riches. I mean, I find it interesting about where, where you use the word can and will. God can, but will he? And yet, and yet the thing that I find really interesting is this passage, which um, you know, just just focusing on on that, understanding, and, and this was something that I found with interestingly, it was Ed Silvoso, you know, with, with his book that none shall perish. That he was saying that when you meet people at their point of need, God starts to do things much more accelerated than God, please bless me. Because says, well, I've already blessed you, but actually it's that point of engagement. Uh, how's a better way to do this? He is, it's meet people's needs first. They opened up their eyes to say God is interested in the, in, in the small things. Suddenly, it, it almost like it's a doorway to the big stuff. And... So here's here's a question then, because generosity and and spiritual blessing go hand in hand. I, I'm I, I firmly believe that is the thing that makes us us what we believe in distinct. Just giving a Christmas gift or a birthday gift, that's not a spiritual act. To be dare I say it, for those who, um, uh, you know, put sometimes to make a donation to a charity or whatever. Some people don't use it as a spiritual act, but in this passage, there's a way that it can become a spiritual act. But there are things that prevent us that sometimes we need to have a shift in focus to realize that it's more, it's, it's more than just giving something, but there we are actually, as we give something, we're also pipelining the divine into an environment that one changes us but two changes situations and circumstances that actually has echoes and ripples from where we are to where we go forward how has that actually then worked within your pilgrimage you know walk journey whatever you want to call it where generosity and structure have been there's been a tension and how have you how have you traversed that i think the aspect um, it's, I suppose it goes back 
Um, also thinking of Jesus' parable of the unforgiving servant, uh, a recognition of the generosity that we have received enables a degree, a greater degree of generosity on our behalf. Mm. Um, and if a real recognition that going back to that sort of sense of, of a father who cares for us, who provides for us, has made uh, the resources of, of heaven available to us, then if we really grasp that, and I, and I certainly don't, even as I'm saying that now, I just think, wow, that's, that's, that changes my thinking about my approach. So if I see a need, where am I giving it from? Yeah. How, how is that how is that need being met is it being met by my own meager resources yeah. which case i might want to go oh can i afford it can i do that or yeah. or how's that going to impact upon x y or z or do i see actually i'm giving from the unlimited resources of god some of which he is entrusted mm. to me to mm. use um which empowers me to be able to think about is this what you want to do? Um, I, I was very fortunate as growing up as a child. Um, I I grew up as you know, in, a, in, a, in a missionary household, and we uh, I was born in India, and I grew up in India. My parents' uh, first sort of houses and they, they lived were literally amongst some of the slums in um, in um, what's now Mumbai. Um, wow, and. Um, um, when I was, you know, older, talking about money with them, they the question they would always ask is, "Is it the right thing to do?" Hmm. Uh, and I was, and I never heard a conversation in my household growing up about being able to afford or the cost. The question is always, "Is it the right thing?" Uh, if it's the right thing, then God will provide for it um, because it's it's that's His job. But how do you find um, that? How do you define, how do you determine is that the right thing or the wrong thing? Um, I suppose through prayer and going, God, is this what you want me to do? Is this how you want me to to bless somebody? You know, I feel a need and, and, and there's, there's something in our heart that responds to that perhaps and go, God, I, I want to meet that need. So so, so then, it's like, okay, well, well, where does that come from? <laughs> there's nothing good that comes from except that which comes from God. So actually there's, an, there's a response in my heart, which is probably God inspired. Okay. So what do I do about that? Uh, and and so so even that smallest little, oh, I'd like to do something, then it's having a frank conversation. Okay, rather than just thinking that, what do I do about it? Because there's, I, I, I find this really interesting because I, I meet lots of people and, and we talk about that some of my, some of my friends, we, this is very, very normal language about, oh, yeah, 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 we'll talk about this, but I had to talk about God, talk to God about it and see what he said, and then, boom, we know which to do it. And other people I chat, chat with are going, no, that sounds a bit cookie. That sounds a bit nuts. And you're going, you're right. It does sound nuts. So, so, and I, I just want to extract this more because I think this is a really, really important thing because I think there is a muscle here that it's a bit like the word, you know, when I use the word discipleship, it ain't a word. It's not a word that we use. It, it, it filled with incredible number of, well, it is a word, but it's too many interpretations and it's just a nightmare. But when we talk about God uh, uh, speaking to us, how how do you discern what, what is that what is that moment of going? Oh right, okay, that is a yes, or that is a no way. You've got to be joking. How do you, in your experience, give advice to somebody who wants to have wants to know? 
if it's around money, then I'm aware that my natural tendency is probably to be a little bit stingy. So the fact that I'm thinking <laughs> about giving something is probably like, is, is that's a little bit outside of my own thoughts. Um, uh, and I suppose there is that awareness of outside your own thoughts. You know, where did that come from? God was that something that was inspired by you. If that just came to me, then then I believe that you speak to me. And that's uh, that sort of sense of, of origin of, of thought is something. Uh, it, it also talks about let the peace of God rule in your heart. The word there is referee. Let it be like the arbiter. Uh, and so sometimes okay. I would use that. I, I call it the peace test about a particular choice I sometimes have to do or something. I go, okay, God, this is option A, option B. Yeah. Well, what do what, what do I do? And I would just sit with it, and I would just imagine option A as yeah. having been enacted. Yeah. And how do I feel about that? God, I just want to feel your peace on that. And I'll mm. do the same with option B. And the one that feels more peaceful to me mm. is, is where I feel that sense of discernment. So, um, here, so here's the thing, because you see, all right, um, you've got those who are just constant takers. They're just taking you for a ride, all right, for one reason or another. We've got this classic case here. Uh, the story about the centurion or someone when a centurion says like give me your, your uh, give me your coat and jesus says and give you a second one which was of course is that's that's a that's a difficult thing in that cultural context because that meant you had nothing and then we've used the juxtaposition about forgiveness okay and we talk about um how often do we forgive and jesus says well seven times 77 which basically means well you keep on you just keep on but I think forgiveness is, is, a, is a spiritual act. And I think generosity is a spiritual act. And, and I think personally, actually, generosity is, is more profound. I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, my family have experienced incredible generosity from people who have had the lump sum and they've helped us when we were growing up. And I, we knew it was a lot to them, but, the, but they knew they said, no, we need you to have this because we know that you're in a really very, very difficult time. It changed our lives. It changed our lives. And but yet you've got people who um, who are constant takers. All right. Um, and you've got other people who are constant givers because they want to feel that, that, that they're wanted, etc. And there's what I call faulty behaviors. And you got the, the takers are those of the, oh, I feel entitled. So they'll just keep on taking, keep on taking. I have an idea on this, but I'm interested to hear on your thoughts on this, because you're going to get some people in your house of different characters and different backgrounds from different walks of life with different flight paths. And yet you're encouraged them to get involved in an epoch of Christ amongst us. And you have to embody that. And your others will have to embody that and model it and so on and so forth. How do you bring in the, the balance and checks? Where's where's discernment? And where do you start and where do you stop? You know. Hmm. Uh, I could I could think about sort of two dif two different things. Proverbs eleven uh, twenty four uh, says there's one who scatters and increases more but there's one who withholds more than is right. And that leads to poverty. 
Um, and that scripture is a verse I've used a lot in praying about London and the city yeah. and some of the corporations and think about even London's sort of relationship with the rest of the UK and everything that seeks to hoard and hold on. Um, and and it leads to poverty. One who withholds more than is right leads to poverty. So you might have those people that you were describing who are takers, as you described, mm. and they are holding and withholding more than is right. Um, and you, you know, they may have a materialism around themselves, but actually there is something of poverty about their spirit and their nature that you can observe and people can observe. and. Um, and even those, um, and there's something which it, it's a poverty of the soul, which 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 damages. Um, mm. uh, yet there is an increase in those who scatter, um, and and the joy of seeing multiplication, of seeing the fruit of what you are giving reproduce itself in the lives of other people and in, in the places where you're serving. I think there's something which brings a sense of fulfillment um, because ultimately that has an endurability about it. You know, there's one thing that remains, uh, which is that which is done in love. Yeah. Um, um, and so, so you can observe the inheritance and the, um, the legacy of acts of love because they have an enduring activity. And even as you were describing your childhood, mm. you, you can think, wow, that changed us. Well, there's a legacy of love and the generosity of love yeah. that comes out in that giving, which is something of the nature and character of God. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, I think, you know, that's one aspect. I think what other people do is different from what we are called and responsible for uh, we are called to scatter and be generous and if, and if they are those who take for themselves well actually they may learn uh the hard way that that leads to poverty but but that doesn't change necessarily what we do um yeah and, and that's really um, helpful that's, um yeah we'll carry on and the second example you're going to say so you know just coming back to you know you've mentioned on the uh, this, you know, the link with forgiveness as well, uh, and 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 the second, I, uh, I, I, I've worked as a, as a teacher for for a while, and I, I remember having what became a real issue for me. Um, basically, we had uh, we we had an extended uh, sort of break, and and uh, it was important time i booked some stuff away and uh it was really uh, a time that i was really looking forward to and then management changed and they decided to do a a, a spot internal uh, offset sort of examination of our department uh and it basically meant that i lost that whole holiday i had to cancel the holiday and i just had to work and i was furious yeah <laughs> and, and i yeah. really struggled with it and it, it and it and it and it ate at my soul for, for, for a little while. And I was having to God, I really don't like this, but I really, oh. and, and, and it was that scripture that you, you know, we're looking at about when someone in authority takes something from you, um, how do you respond to that in a way that, that actually helps? Uh, and, and I, the thing which really helped me, and I, I've used 
yet talking with others in another context. When you are struggling with a resentment where you feel that you've had something taken from you and how dare they, uh, you know, and, and you've got this sense of uh, struggling to forgive, then I found that the thing that broke it for me and changed that situation in my circumstance was a conscious decision to give. And the way that I did that, I said, that weekend and that time away, I give that to the school. I give that time. I make a decision that actually I don't consider that was taken from me but I will give it as a gift. And this goes back to where we were starting, perhaps. Because I have got a fullness of resources that comes from God, I'm not limited in terms of my resources. So therefore, I can be generous in my giving to even other people who will perhaps take from me. So, you know, is the coat, okay, they've taken my coat, but actually I've got a father who will provide for me another coat. Uh, and... And so, so I, I set myself in that, that uh, response of intentionally deciding to give. So every time that thought came through, they've, they've done, no, they haven't. I gave it and I give of myself because that's what my life here is for, to spend of my life here for the sake of other people. Mm -hmm. And that breaks the power cycle of having something being taken. It makes it a gift, which means I've sown into that circumstance. And also it takes away any power of resentment from working in me. Uh, and that really gave me a new sense of joy in a way that I was struggling. And, and I found that a really having that sometimes through gritted teeth decision, I will give this. I will not allow it to be taken from me yeah. uh, as a really key way of dealing with some complex situations. Even That's amazing. I mean, that that is such an because. Resentment and a sense of entitlement on, on how dare they, you know, things that we we have, you know, that are sometimes taken away from us. I mean, I know time is our biggest commodity, isn't it? it it's the most precious thing that we have. And when something is a, they take away or is a waste of time, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. That, that, is, that is amazing. So, I mean, the disciples were like that, you know, about the, the taxes, <laughs> like, well, give to Caesar what Caesar's. And oh, actually, look, it's not a problem, boys, because God will provide for us. Go down to the shore, you'll find a fish with a coin in its mouth. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It, just give. Yeah. yeah and, and if we need some more, then it will be provided for us. Yeah, yeah. But, but the key to all of this is that generosity stems from being in the heavenly mindset that God is part of this process and that we are what we call living sacrifices. We're here to give. We're here to be pipelines of, of blessing. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think more a pipeline sounds um, too passive. No, no, you're you know, right. You're right. You're right. Um, but we're vessels. We're there to be used yeah. to be a blessing to those around us, if that makes sense. But yeah. we have to choose to be part of that because we have choice. And, and because we have had so much given to us, 
you know, we have the fullness of the riches of our father. He is our inheritance. So, yeah. so, so, so why would we not give something? Because we, we've got everything. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 was, uh, I was doing some shopping. Uh, when was it? On Friday. Um, no, on Saturday. And uh, as I was at the queue, I bought all my veg, all my everything, you know. And there was this, there was a veg box where it's, you know, discounted. Normally, I'd buy them all. I mean, I would buy them all because I was like, well, I'm saving myself £10. There was something in me that says, you, you, you're fine. You are fine. Bless that box and bless the person who's going to receive it. And in so doing, it was like it was like releasing something in me because it was it, one. I found joy in actually saying no. And also I could go away and I had no sense of well, no big deal. It's only a tenner. But actual fact, I knew that in many senses I wasn't just giving some food. I was actually doing something, some sort of blessing. I know when um, uh, the 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 transform our world crew they talk about when when they when they go to places they say god bless this establishment bless this management bless this whatever it is wherever they are and in so doing they are opening up the doors of god to pour in his his glory and his righteousness and goodness and grace and mercy into environments so talk to me about how this will work then within uh your house, your community house, because that this this is a this will be a lifestyle of generosity, a lifestyle of spirituality and generosity on a you know twenty four seven environment. How are you going to do that, and how is that transferable to people who will be living in it? Oh, that's a challenge. Um, I <laughs> well, think you said yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I. I I think I think the way we we work interact with people and all the little things that perhaps annoy us about people if you are approaching them from the stance of generosity um I've got capacity to deal with your annoyance annoying things because because I've got capacity because I've been given all things right uh and so therefore I can give you I can give space I can give a gracious re response even if i feel it's costing me yeah because i've been given and, and so building that idea and mentality into the way that we think then enables a degree of graciousness with each other um i, I i'm also you know we are not there at the minute but i'm really wanting to develop some of the thinking around how we really can provide for each other's financial needs in community as well um and have a degree of a communal pot for yeah uh, things that chest. we may need a yeah. community chest for us in the house and um uh and, and that's something i think perhaps to think about but also uh, having a really welcoming uh community house where people can come in uh have you know part of uh, inviting you know uh, ex-offenders to come and, and live with us is is that sense of of giving out of the, the sense of generosity that that we've got um mm. that it isn't we don't just pray and devote ourselves to you know rhythms of prayer and the offices of prayer for a 
uh, introspective uh, uh, community where we feel that that we've we found something of God and we can feel smug about that. Well, it, it's got to be something that has a real uh, touchstone with with the world around us. Otherwise, it's 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 not really doing what we would want it to do. So it's like, how can we? Uh, you know in, integrate what we're doing into north london how can we visit churches how can we support churches with with what they're doing and and constantly be looking for ways to give that away in terms of setting up prayer rooms running uh 24 7 sending out teams to run worship for churches mm. um and as well as thinking ultimately thinking about how do we set this into some church planting and how do we get teams that are then going out as the old um, uh, British um, monastic houses used to be centres of prayer and worship, but also of mission and giving away um, into their communities. So I love it. I love it. I love it. And it sounds I think it's it's a community where um, it, it will be a mutual agreement by by a core that then is um one mutually accountable but one of uh intentionality for it to flow to keep flowing to keep flowing and it doesn't become you know very insular me myself and i or we ourselves and us um and no i love that i really really love that i think there's a sometimes a tension in community living of um Am I going to focus on the community, mm. uh, you know, and all the social and engagement aspects of that and think, oh, well, that's not very spiritual. Uh, <laughs> and, and then there's the community aspects of let's really focus on the prayer and the worship and those things. And that's more spiritual. But actually, that's a real false way of thinking about it, because it's only through the interactions with other people that yeah. you discover your your challenge points and your reforming points and um the areas where you are blind to yourself and that causes you to be pushing further into god for yourself and the things that you discover about yourself um and and so that synergy of being in community living with people mm. and developing uh you know prayer those then feed on themselves uh, in, in a way uh, which what we're looking forward to uh, really getting established. Absolutely. Absolutely. David, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, spending Thank some you, time Matthew. with me. And um, if people wanted to get hold of you, uh, what's the best way uh, with your the London um, Prayer Network? What's the best way for people to get hold of you? Yeah, so if you go to londonprayer.com um, and you can find out more about what we're there or uh find us also on facebook fantastic fantastic really good thank you well i just want to say thank you for joining us today on this podcast and uh, for any references that were made throughout be it groups or books or whatever um, do come and visit us on seasoned4.life and there we'll also have other details about all the other podcasts that we have done and will be doing also. Take care and we'll catch up soon.